You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe. You can find the show's handle at Locked On Hornets on most social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the ones you're familiar with. You can find them on most of them again at Locked On Hornets. Hopefully, we don't have too many shows going forward like the one we're going to have today. Yeah. The Chicago Bulls. Last night, hosted the Charlotte Hornets and beat the Hornets 112-110. to If you stayed up for that game, which you probably did, if you are a big-time Hornets fan, you got to see the Hornets crumble in crunch time that we've again, just again. gotten too familiar with seeing from this team. Mm-hmm. They had one against the Miami Heat, and you thought maybe it was the one-time thing where they're finally able to get out of this voodoo that somehow has plagued the Charlotte Hornets in these close games. Yeah. But it didn't. No, because again, you would think it would be new season, new team, no bad juju. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) So the Hornets, they lose by two. At the end of this game, it was rough to watch. The Charlotte Hornets are inbounding it with about five seconds left to go after Zach Levine hits a jumper to tie this ball game at 110 apiece. Nick Batum taking it out on the side. And so because of the rule, the ball was advanced after the timeout was called by the Charlotte Hornets. So they're inbounding the ball. Nick Batum tries to pass it to Kimba Walker. Kimba makes a break for it close to the half-court line. Zach Levine tips it away. It looks like it does deflect off Kimba. If if you have an unbiased opinion, it does look like it goes off Kimba in my eye. Yeah, it, it does. And I didn't have an issue with that. I had an issue with the play design. Why is there no one in the backcourt? Because you can throw it in the backcourt. I didn't understand the play design at all. Well, inbounding the ball, which, one, the Hornets have had problems with in the past anyway, but inbounding the ball, it seems like that's one of the more easy things to do. I mean, you can just, if you want to put Zach Levine on your hip and then cut immediately towards the backcourt, I think you have enough time to not obviously go all the way to the opposing paint, but you can get a little bit more space, but instead you run towards the ball, which doesn't directly put you in any kind of way of, of between you and Zach Levine and the ball, right? Exactly. Like you're not Make putting... him run you over for the easy foul. And so Levine puts his hand out there and decides to play some defense, and, and the ball goes towards the Chicago Bulls, and eventually I think it was Malik Monk with the foul at the end of that game. It looked like Marvin was able to maybe come and strip him, but Malik Monk, I think he, you know, he slaps down. That's one of the things you're taught, right? Don't, try Don't to slap, slap up. Yeah. yeah, slap up if you can. It's certainly less egregious looking, but when you slap down, especially you don't get the ball, it's going to get called. I don't even have any problem with the refs in this game, at least for those moments. Now, I do think there were some bad calls. Oh, no, the, against, the refs were rad ass. Well, uh, Let's be real. Well, against MKG, I'm saying in those situations. I don't think anybody is blaming the foul call against Zach Levine. I think that was fine. I don't think anybody is blaming uh, – I don't think anybody disagrees with the – possession i think no. everybody understands it was chicago i don't i didn't see any twitter hate at least but no the mkg foul calls those are pretty awful those are freedom of movement calls and i understand that they're still working through a I, whole bunch of them 
But these, like, they, they went ham last night on that. The one I lost my mind over was when MKG was pleading with the ref on how he boxed out and he got called for a foul on it. That was the most freaking ridiculous call I've ever seen in my life. Oh, like, you mean the Bobby Portis one? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was boxing Bobby Portis out. I mean, it was the perfect box out. It's what you teach five-year-olds that are learning to play the game, and MKG executed it perfectly, and they call him for a foul, and he was looking for an explanation, and it didn't seem like any of the officials had a good one. No, him. none of them did. And, and so that was an awful call, and then MKG eventually fouls out of this game. He has to leave and and sit on the pine. He was at he was at, the funny thing is MKG was at worst the second best Hornet on the floor at any given time. Well, and it was all in defense, right? Like you can see his effort on defense, and he wasn't scoring a lot. He did hit two threes, which everybody fainted when they both none of those hit those things didn't even hit the rim. By the way, yeah, like those were those were money. Those were wet. I think I got splashed a little bit on my TV screen last night. Like that that was like the highlight of the game. <laughs> both of those. That was it. Right, I mean that was that was what you got from MKG. So certainly, I, I don't have any quarrels with him and what he did yesterday. But again, just just the end of this game, just completely imploding on that inbounds pass where Nick Batum, it was a it was such a bad turnover. Zach Levine able to, and you thought he got it out of his system with a with one that he had a couple of minutes earlier. <laughs> he hit Zach Levine tries to miss the second one. The Hornets actually do get a chance, even if Malik Monk hits that. I don't think he gets it off anyway with the five tenths of a second where they try to draw that play yeah. up. Malik, it's tough, right? Like you it's wonder, impossible. You, you wonder if I don't even know if you can get it from that angle. It's almost like you have to have somebody running straight at you at the top of the key and then put the ball perfectly in their place and have it a little bit of a soft pass so it's not too hard where it has so much force hurting your hand to where like you want it to pop. You almost want a volleyball shot. There's just too much. There's, there's it's just too much of a chance that the Bulls are going to win at that point and not enough chance that you can get that shot off. But the Hornets, they lose. So let, let's dig in a little bit deeper just besides the woes from the Charlotte Hornets at the end of this one. So I think the number one thing for me, Nada, and we've talked about this, it's Kimball Walker it's it's him and it's nobody else, right? Like yeah. Jeremy Lamb, he actually did some okay things. I don't even think he played great last night. He but He played did. okay. That was his best game of the year yeah, for and, me. Right, right. He which hit, tells you all you need to know. He had five field goals. He had he went two of three beyond the line, and he only had 12 points. But you look at Kimba, like Kimba's averaging 30 points a game. The next guy up is Malik Monk at 12. And so we went down the efficiency of Jeremy Lamb, which has not been efficient at all. And mm-hmm. then you went down what Malik Monk was doing, and he wasn't even shooting 40% before this game. So now it's back, I believe, at like 37. Marvin's shooting like 38. Look, the Hornets are going to have a hard time winning games when you have those three guys being as inefficient as they are. And Malik Monk had been doing well, but the last two games, I was worried about his field goal percentage, and it's, and it's tumbled here in the last couple it's it's Kimba Walker having to lead this team, and it hasn't changed. It's what we've seen the last couple of years, and Kimba Walker has to do everything offensively. And so when he goes five of fourteen from the field and only has twenty three points, he got to the free throw line a decent amount. But when you only have twenty three points, then it's, it's a Hornets team. Yeah, that you can't can even lose beat to the, the Bulls. damn Bulls who are starting Archidiacono and Cameron Payne. And I mean, look, this that's is the one thing like. Like, well, it, look at the Bulls, man. Like, that's a bad basketball team, and the Charlotte Hornets are losing that. Like, I make fun of you for the must win, and it's certainly not depleting their playoff chances. Like, it's not done, but these are the time, These are the type of teams that you have to beat if you're going to be able to sneak in the eights. Like, here, here's my issue, and this is where Kemba isn't blameless, because the minute you started sagging off of campaign, like the first one, okay, cool. Cam got lucky. Maybe we don't guard him. The second one, okay, 
maybe I get a little bit closer after that. But three, four, five, six, and seven? Maybe you should stop sagging off campaign. Make somebody other than him and Levine beat you because it was just those two. And that's when it got annoying to me. And I loved Kemba to death. But at the same time, you got to guard your man, dog. No, there, there's some problems with what Kimba did last night. I mean, even even with these guys needing to step up, like Malik Monk needs to shoot at a higher rate. But all of these guys, like all of them need to play better offensively and shoot the ball better and take some of this burden off of Kimba. Also, Kimba probably needs to be a little bit of aware because I was talking with Rick Bennell on the wake-up call this morning. Like He was saying the Bulls obviously had a game plan to blitz the hell out of Kimba. Yep. They, they were going to force that ball out of his hands, and they were going to be aggressive with him. And so be a little bit more aware but it, it's on it's look this is the kind of game that's on everybody nick batum he played off like like borrego maybe even yeah like i'm getting to the the big man right like i i want to see cody zeller in the fourth quarter like billy hernan gomez was god awful last night especially on the defensive end he was atrocious i, I can't defend like billy hernan gomez i was a big supporter of i was a big fan of it's games like that where it like Again, if Borrego said Frank Kaminsky's back in the mix, I couldn't argue with it. <laughs> he was so bad defensively. I mean, watching him play, you're just giving up rebounds. I remember there was one time, I think I tweeted it out, Billy Hernan Gomez just kind of inexplicably, inexplicably, I can't even talk, he just kind of watched somebody get a rebound in front of him. Yeah. And and Cody Zeller, as soon as he watches somebody get, I think it was in the first half, maybe early in the third. Early in the third, I do remember this. Yeah, he watches somebody get a rebound in front of him. They put it back up, and then here and comes Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller taking right off right after that. Yeah, yep. he's taking off the warm up. So Cody Zeller, I think Cody Zeller should be playing more. Billy Hernan Gomez just hasn't looked good, and and that's that's basically our verbal bashing of the Charlotte Hornets. Like that's that's a bad loss, man. Archie Diacono, Cameron Payne, Felicio. How about Chandler Hutchinson actually getting his first legitimate run of the season for the Bulls? and him coming off the bench in just the 13 minutes of play, going four of five and getting eight points and having an, another poster that they gave us last night with Bobby Portis and Hutchinson looked pretty good. Like, yeah, that's the problem, though. Like, And I've said that the defensive rating of this team has been overinflated. I've said it for the last couple of shows. Oh, it took the Bulls to realize, hey, these guys can't guard the, their man. It's one guy that can guard their man, and most of the time he's put up against a power forward or a center. And even then... MKG had issues with Levine last night. This team can't defend at all. Well, they, they were bad. They were bad defensively, and especially in that first half, they were bad. And even Malik Monk, who had shown some effort and had shown signs of improvement. Oh, yeah, he gave up. There was one play on Archidiacono where he's driving towards the goal, and Malik just can't do anything with it. Just lay yeah. up. It was a bad performance, man. And what's And what looks even worse on us is we'll get back to it after the break. Okay. We'll get back to it. Let's take a break. We'll get back to it, and we'll discuss a little bit more about what happened in that game against the Chicago Bulls, including what else is going on around the NBA. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com. Slash LOH, every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. We'll be back. We've got a Patreon question from Dwayne, and we'll discuss a little bit more about that Hornets and Bulls game from last night. It's Walker Mail and Edwards on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Yeah, sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Going to get to our question from Patreon. Once again, you you can subscribe by going to patreon.com slash LOH. But Dwayne on Patreon, thanks for joining us, Dwayne, and thanks for writing in. He writes, Nick and Marvin can't continue to start alongside one another. And why is Miles getting no, in all capitals, no run when Marvin is getting us nothing? So frustrating. Not of your thoughts on what Dwayne has to say. Here's my question for anyone that thinks that you can't throw Nick and Marvin together. Um, if you're going to talk about putting starting a guy like, if you're going to talk about starting a guy like Miles Bridges or playing him where Marvin should, there's two things that you need to remember. Miles doesn't know where to be on defense unless it's at a small ball center. And the other thing, Miles don't hit threes. At some point, Miles has got to hit the three. And if he doesn't, then yo, look, he can't play. I'm sorry. Like you cannot risk this four again, four out, one in with Miles Bridges, who can't defend anybody right now. Like I, I'm sorry, I can't go there yet. Yeah, I think Miles has been okay on team defense. Like when you see him be able to help some guys coming off the back end, behind for blocks. Like yeah. you, you saw one last night that he got fouled. I forget who shot it, but there was a nice yeah, block. Yeah, Malik from Miles. fouled him. Yeah, it was Malik who fouled him, and then it actually and maybe it slowed up the ball for Miles to pummel. But he got some air on that one. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to see him come over. So there are some help. Help side situations, I think Malik or excuse me, Miles Bridges has been decent at. But you know, as an on-ball defender, I, you know it's the biggest question I've had coming out of the draft. That seems to be one thing that has still stayed the same. I don't like maybe mm-hmm. he's improved, but I don't I don't love him as an on-ball defender. Team help though. I mean, the guy's athletic enough to jump out of the gym and swat. Yeah, but everybody's good at team there. help. And you're right. Well, I mean, and it help. Well, it helps certainly when you're at that athletic. But I think he was able to help. Look, I I think. More to his point, Dwayne's point, Nick Batum and Marvin Williams have not been good. Yes. Defensively, I still think there are some things Marvin Williams does well, like as far as boxing out. I think there are a couple of couple times in that Bucks game where Marvin did not play well, certainly offensively. There were some times where he had some key blockouts on Giannis Atenacumpo, where he is, by the way, the leading rebound getter in the NBA four games in. And Marvin really did a good job of blocking him out at the end of that game to give the Hornets some chances. And I think you've seen some smart plays here and there from Marvin, but it's all about defensively. And offensively, Marvin's going to have to hit at a higher clip. You look at the field goal percentages from individuals on this Hornets team. Yeah. Outside of Kimba, Kimba is shooting 47%. I I went through it with what Marvin and these guys are shooting. Here's what they're shooting exactly from the perimeter. So get rid of Cody, get rid of Billy, because these guys are shooting bunnies at the basket because they're big Or one or two threes. Right. And and their their field goal percentage is going to be around 50 and certainly higher than that, which is what it is right now. And Miles Bridges, I don't think he's got enough run. He hasn't taken enough field goal attempts to be another score. Basically, this point being about who is going to help Kimba Walker. So when you look at guys who have played significant minutes, who have field goal attempts over five, it's MKG who's shooting 53%. I think mm-hmm. you take that from him. 
But then you go to Nick Batum, the guy shooting 39%. You go to Marvin Williams, the guy shooting 38%. You go to Jeremy Lamb, the guy shooting 37%. Malik, that high? Malik Monk, shooting 37%. Tony Parker, shooting 35 That is god-awful. Yeah. That is as bad as you can possibly get from all of your potential big time scores that you can maybe rely on if Kimba was a if if Kimba just doesn't have it cooking one night. I mean, if you if you're looking for the next guy up, we talked about this yesterday. You're probably looking at Malik Monk. Yeah. Well, Malik Monk shooting 37.3. So then who's the next guy? Maybe Jeremy. Maybe you're looking for Jeremy before Malik. Okay, that's fine for the sake of argument. Sure. Let's go there. He's shooting 37%. Marvin is taking a higher volume of threes this season. Remember, Borrego said, we don't want you taking necessarily the smart shot, and it's the perfect one. Go ahead and let it fly if you've got any kind of opening. He's shooting 38, and by the way, 24 from beyond the line. These guys are awful with how they're shooting outside of Kimba, who has been the saving grace on offense. And If they don't fix this, and it's going to go up because it's so awful, that there's no way but for all of these percentages to go up. I mean, none of these guys are going to shoot at that level going forward. What? But if it's not over, none of them. Why are you so sure about that? <laughs> because because if so, then it's going to be the worst shooting percentage I've ever seen from a collective group of players that I've in, in all time. I, I I'm going to ask you. Marvin is what 33-34? Not he's not going to shoot 38%. Marvin again, you're expecting again, you're expecting this from an old guy. Maybe the legs have gone. Like that's the okay. Problem. Fine, he's not shooting thirty eight percent. But to your point, even if he shoots forty two, that's still not good enough. I mean, that to your point, right? I mean, yeah. that that's still not good enough. The the inefficiency and and they're still putting up points, right? I mean, they're still putting up. They scored one hundred and ten. Like I know maybe against in this the day bad age, Bulls team <laughs> against a bad Bulls team. You're right defensively, but they still still scored one hundred and ten. They're just not efficient right now. Anybody besides Kimba, and when Kimba has a game like that then you just have no clue where to go. But again, just looking at some of these older guys, and not, I mean, you, you mentioned Marvin Williams and Nick Batum, and, and you don't have any problem playing those guys together. I don't have any problem. Like, let me put the only case where you basically play someone other than Nick and Marvin together. MKG starts hitting one or two threes a game for the next five. Yo, look, then I can entertain it. Until then, like, this ain't a discussion. Like, this can't be a discussion right now. So the Bulls will come to the Spectrum Center on Friday, and it even looks like they might have suffered another injury, not a Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis, yeah. Looks a little banged up. So Bobby Portis, if he's unable to go, that means you'll be without Bobby Portis on top of Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen, and Denzel Valentine. Basically, it's a no, no excuses game on Friday. Well, again, and they and this is a game they absolutely should have won against the Chicago Bulls in the United Center, but they will be at the Spectrum Center. I would expect them to win this one. I, I expect them to win last night, but even at home with another injury potentially on the rise. And by the way, Jabari Parker was questionable last night. Did play over 30 minutes, looked fine offensively. Mm-hmm. Looked like he actually showed some kind of effort every once in a while on defense, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's a, it's a bad loss, not it's our first bad loss of the season. It is it is the first bad loss. The problem is, as I've been saying, the schedule does not help you when you lose games like this, especially when you start looking after January first. And I'm gonna keep banging this January first drum for a reason. This team is not good on the road. They've now shown it. This team has now blown big leads and lost to bad teams early in this early in the season. 
guys, they need to get it together because if not, this is going to get really ugly really fast as soon as the ball drops on January 1. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to take one more break, and we'll come back with a little bit more news around the NBA. Steph Curry, he goes bananas in just the three quarters of his play, and we'll take a look at maybe the struggling Houston Rockets as well as the Philadelphia 76ers. Remember, the Hornets do play them on Monday. So a couple of other teams to get to. And Saturday, excuse me. So a couple of other teams to take a look at here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Once again, I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards. We'll be back in just a second. This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the Gitomer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gitomer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. And you know what the worst thing about it is, Nada? Yeah, what's the worst? We went to bat for the Charlotte Hornets team against the Chicago Bulls, who, if you'll remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we had beef with the Locked On Bulls podcast. Oh, yeah, no, don't think we haven't forgotten. Well, I saw that sparse-ass crowd. Well, it, it was. It was pretty sparse after they did say that the United Center is always packed no matter what. But also, like, we did take that L. Like, the Hornets... I mean, how, we ain't got to point out that. Well, <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious it's the exact outcome. So we did... I mean, we got tagged. In a final score picture of that game, we all got tagged, and rightfully so. I mean, we earned this. This is something, even though the Bulls started this by killing you, the Hornets fans, but we were trying to stick up for you and trying to stick up for the Hornets, and the Hornets go out there and lay a damn egg. And and embarrass all of us. And embarrass all of us. So we're going to have to try to win this game at the Spectrum Center just to get this on an even playing field. And then when we start to play a couple more games, I think we have two other games against the Bulls later on in the year. It's a big break. I don't think we play them for a long time. It's a big break, but then maybe on, later on we can work out some kind of 3-1 lead. Even though we weren't able to do it last season, where the Hornets lost. Don't remind one me. To three. Doug, by the way, texting us both. Like, what is it about the damn Bulls? Yeah, exactly. We got the in the group text, and I was like, you didn't expect this? I saw this coming. I warned you people. Like the 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 Bulls, man. It it's it's them. Like, why are they Hornets killers? Yeah, between that and his Dwayne Wade texts that we can't share on the air. <laughs> yeah, not a big fan of Dwayne Wade, but of course I would imagine not a lot of Hornets fans are for what Dwayne Wade has done to I don't team. hate him. I hate the purple shirt guy. Well, the purple shirt guy and Dwayne Wade have a both a, a big part in this Hornets history and their lack of success here recently. But look looking at other teams in the NBA. Steph Curry last night, certainly one of the bigger storylines from what you got to see. Go on in the association. How about 51 for Steph Curry? Already impressive just with that number being thrown out. But how about if I told you he did it in just three quarters of play? That first quarter was absolute basketball <laughs> porn. <laughs> it was It was stupid. I had Steph Curry is just throwing things up from 30 feet out. Did he have five three-pointers that he made? Yes, he did. And like they're all like ridiculously long. And then you just see Kelly Oubre after one of them looks so defeated. <laughs> just so defeated. 
Like literally, the only thing that made me happy last night was watching the Wizards prove me right so far. That was it. That's the only thing that's made me happy in the last three three days, okay? I would have liked to have seen him play that fourth quarter just to see how much he could get selfishly, but 24 shots and he was able to accumulate 51 points including 11 made threes, 11 of 16 from beyond the arc. So you got to see what Steph Curry was able to do and it was impressive to see him just torch just absolutely torch um last night against who the wizards play? the wizards thank you when you said kelly Oubre. yes when they absolutely just torched the washington wizards other things to look at as i'm pulling up the schedule from what we got to see last night the, houston, hey, the lakers got their first win the lakers did get their first win they beat the phoenix suns which would have been a disappointing loss had they lost to phoenix we can't but, talk about disappointing losses uh, right no now. we can at least they were able to get that victory 131 to 113 lebron and company getting that one but i want to dive into a couple more teams not of the houston rockets they're one and three and their only win is against the lakers Lakers as the Lakers squandered a lead and mm-hmm. that was when they had of course the spit gate go down between Ray Rondo. We, the fact that we didn't get to talk about that fight is one of the biggest travesties in this podcast's history. Well, that we did not get to talk about that fight. Rajon Rondo now flipping the narrative, right? Of okay, Chris oh, of Paul course. is a bad teammate, not whether he spit on him or not. Now it's just is Chris Paul a bad teammate? Cuz to me it looks pretty obvious. I know a lot of people are discussing it looks maybe questionable because he's moving like i've never moved i've never seen anybody move their face or move their mouth guard and have spit projectile in a pretty specific location like that no that that, that takes skill it, that takes a certain type of dirt bag in you to do it so so if it happened on accident quote unquote then okay I, i'll i'll be wrong about it but i don't think i am i think rajon no. rondo no you're not i think rajon rondo purposefully did it and acted like he was just looking around but anyway so you had that go down so you didn't have any chris paul in this one and the utah jazz they're a very good basketball team but did only you see, wait did you see who the rockets started last night at, at the forward spot your boy Michael Carter Williams. How about that? Michael Carter Williams getting a start (laughs) for the Houston Rockets. MCW, as you have your crazy maniacal laugh over the matter. MCW went three of seven. He had seven points in that one and uh, did have just the one steal and four fouls. So great job, MCW, for helping out that Rockets team. No wonder they only scored 89 points, but 100 points for the Jazz, 89 for the Rockets. How how worried are you about Houston going forward? Um, In the sense that... In the sense that they can't make a, a deep run. Like, they're certainly, it doesn't look they're like. They're not making a deep run. They're you, not. You like the Jazz better than them? I like the Jazz better. Depending on how they play, I like Denver better. Because that ISO style, everybody's used to it now. You, like, you have one year of shock and awe with that, and then you're done. And at this point, with how Harden is playing, how Chris Paul is going to, granted, is getting time off now, but. I don't think they're good for more than one or two years. And I just don't think that style is going to work because it exhausts everybody. On top of the fact, they don't have anybody that can play defense, kind of like the Hornets. I trust Daryl Morey to figure something out. And that's oh, that's the why one. Jimmy Butler's going to be there sooner than later. <laughs> that's the one faith you have. But, yeah, yeah I, I worry about that team. Now, Chris Paul is going to come back, and they're going to win 50 games still. But of course. I'm still I'm, I'm worried about that team in the sense that it, it seemed like they're not even close to what they were last year. That was a special basketball team. It was, and honestly, that's the thing. Injuries robbed them of probably dethroning the Warriors. At least very much so contending, right? No, I they, mean, they'd have beat them. They'd have beat them if Chris Paul plays Game 7. They'd have beat them. I'm, I'm convinced of that much. It, it, look, it looks like it. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go absolute like you are, but yeah, I mean, you have, what was it, the, the 27 missed three-pointers exactly. that they had? And you got to think one goes down, or just a different style If Chris happens. Paul plays... 
he's hitting mid ranges that at least stave off those runs. And and so far, and it just doesn't look like they have the team makeup at least now. Yes, it's very early, but even even coming into the season, we already had question marks about Mba Mute and Ariza's absence for that team. So certainly things to pay attention to in Houston, and also not a Philadelphia. They lose to the Bucks. 123 to 108. They're now two and three on the year. Remember, they had that loss to the Orlando Magic earlier this season. Uh, 76ers, I know you had them at the beginning of the season. I think you have transitioned to the Raptors finishing second in this Eastern Conference. But you look at Philly, just it seems like they're adamant about playing Markel Fultz, and JJ Redick is getting a lot of time off the bench still. But you got to worry about this team, I think, in my eyes at this point. 108 points for them against Milwaukee. Milwaukee looks like the real deal yes. at 4-0 right now. Under Coach Budenholzer, we all thought that they would take a step up. But Philly, no, they, they've I, taken two. I, I worry about Philly. I worry about Philly heading into this year, and I worry about Philly from what I've seen so far. I Again, this is where I will absolutely admit I was wrong. I thought that they would take a step forward. I thought Markel Fultz would take another step forward, and he has thus far. My issue is the bench. They don't have enough floor spacers. I didn't factor in... Bellinelli not being there to space the floor. I didn't factor in Ilyasova, who's played very, very well for Milwaukee. The one thing I really didn't factor, Brett Brown isn't really that good of a coach, guys. And they are going to have to do something about that coaching situation sooner rather than later. And he's got too much power right now to do anything about him. Like, they need a new coach. Well, badly. Brett Brown just is so crazy with some of the lineups that he's going to throw out yeah I mean he's pretty unorthodox we I got to experience unorthodox lineups with Borrego here Mm -hmm. just in the first couple of games of the season but Brett Brown is going to try a bunch of different stuffs too and remember the best lineup that right the best five-man lineup that was put out there it was the starting lineup for Philly last season yeah but wasn't that the one without Embiid no I don't think so it might have been the one with Simmons. Like I've seen some lineups this year, last year, where Simmons was one of the best guys. Like you put a whole bunch of shooters around Simmons, and it's almost like LeBron, where they did you put a whole bunch of shooters and like TJ McConnell, and it was one of the most effective lineups because Simmons is so good at ball distribution. That's where I find it interesting that none of the equations really factor for Embiid. Well, so it just comes into shooting, right? I mean, because. You don't have anybody off the bench outside of J.J. Redick that can come in and really knock down shots from the outside. Like I, I thought Landry Shamit would get some decent run coming in. I thought he was going to be better than he was. Well, and and so far, I mean, it's just it hasn't hadn't had a huge impact for them. But again, two and three for Philadelphia, it, it's it's questionable for them. Like I just, I I think the Milwaukee Bucks. I think you could see them pass them and be the third seed. I can see that behind uh, the Raptors and the Celtics. I, I still see Indiana passing them. Yeah, well, Indiana looked good last night. They beat the Spurs and they actually kind of owned the Spurs. I think they only lost to them. I think they beat them both times last year. So they got a three-game winning streak against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it is payback for Kawhi. So anyway, there's just some news updates from around the league and basically kind of having a morning show M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, morning show from what happened Morning like Alonzo. (laughs) Morning like Alonzo from what we saw last night from the Charlotte Hornets as they do fall to the Chicago Bulls, 112 to 110. They do get them at the Spectrum Center on Friday, though, Nada. We'll get to preview that a little bit more. And And Saturday against the Sixers, Yes, back-to-back. Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. So a couple of winnable games there, especially while Philly is down. Maybe the Hornets can try to take some advantage of what they're going through. Must win games again, guys. (laughs) Must win. You don't do it. You ain't making the playoffs. You lose to the Chicago Bulls. Then your season is over. 
trade Kimba Walker, just start tanking. Wait, you think I, you you think Monday if they lose both those games, I'm not above saying that right now? <laughs> no, I think you are absolutely well within your ability to say that. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Nada. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Hornets here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you for the final show of the week tomorrow. See you guys.